Yay. Hello, Dime Store Siri. Goodbye, Dime Store Siri. R.I.P. Pour one out. Aww. Pour out a healing potion for <laughs> Dime Store Siri. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another session of Dungeons and Dragons. Yay! Here Yay. is what happened previously. So, uh, uh, Nithis, having had a an episode uh, <laughs> in um, and Carthal. Uh, and and uh, with news that the Windhavian Empire was starting a siege against the Empire, you all decided it was time to GTFO and head east towards East Hill, home of Brindley. Um, so you all traveled uh, along the way. Uh, you uh, came along to a town uh, called Odmina, which used to be a town called McKinney. Uh, <laughs> and you all stayed the evening there. Uh, you had... You went swimming. Uh, you, uh, Gwen learned a song uh, from a local, um, and then uh, Gwenly, uh, Gwen, Gwenly. Gosh, that's the uh, that's the uh, couple pairing name for that. <laughs> uh, and then Gwen caught the eye of uh, of a local uh, commander who was um, leading up some troops that were. Uh, camped outside of town and offered a job playing music for the troops. Uh, he did so uh, despite having a bunch of pretty poor performance roles early in the session. He managed to save the good <laughs> stuff for the big stuff uh, and uh, entertain the troops, uh, assisted by a mage who was projecting his voice and um, using uh, some illusion magic to give some pyrotechnics uh, Meanwhile, uh, 88 and Brindley uh, watched the performance with the commander. Uh, and the commander kind of let on that um, that the dire times the country is facing against the Windhaving Empire were only going to get more dire and that they were talking about starting conscription soon. Uh, but luckily, you all did not get conscripted. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, Nithis, who had opted out of the show, um, <laughs> well, just had a long conversation with the ancient entity that now she founds out has lived in her head. <laughs> Here. Living rent-free in your head. Uh, <laughs> thing. That's thing. Um, uh, but it wasn't all bad for Nithis uh, as she found out some interesting information from the ancient entity that lives in her head uh, uh, and learned a little more about the, the vision that she had had previously. Interesting, but not entirely reassuring. <laughs> no, nothing about the conversation was reassuring. The whole conversation was a big barrel of nope that, yeah. uh, <laughs> no. that I'm pretty sure Dithis would have loved to have tossed in the lake. Uh, <laughs> Run away! Um, uh, but uh, you woke up the next morning a little late. Uh, the army that you'd entertained the night before had gone. Uh, and so you made your way east towards East Hill. Uh, you managed to avoid random encounters on the random encounter chart and um, arrived and was surprisingly greeted at the edge of town. Uh, uh, sitting up on the hill watching the path come in was Brinley's mom. That girl, uh, Frodo Baggins. And, uh, and Brinley's dog, Waffles. Uh, and so it is there we will, where we will start our session. Um, and uh, Brindley, slash, I'm sorry, Amanda, uh, would you once again, just for uh, uh, for everyone's sake, uh, give them a quick description of your mom? 
Yeah, if I can remember exactly when I said last time, because I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's taller with uh, auburn hair, uh, which is graying. Um, mm -hmm. She has kind of like the frame of somebody who's worked hard all of her life. Um, but she is obviously a cheerful person. She was just trying to take even a quick glance at her. Um, and she... She's a little taller than Brinley is, maybe like around 5'10". Mm -hmm. um, right. Normal, normal middle-classish clothes for the time. All right. So you all, uh, this woman has run up and grabbed Brinley and picked her up off the ground a little bit and said, Bryn, Bryn! <laughs> uh, and then she sets you back down uh, um, and looks at the rest of you and she says, you must be Brindley's friends. I've heard so much about you. Uh, Nithis, 88, and Gwen, yes? Mm -hmm. That is correct. Yeah. She says, uh, well, my name is Bronwyn. Uh, you can call me Bronwyn or you can call me mom, whatever you prefer. <laughs> uh, oh, it's going to be one of those, huh? Uh, and she comes in. She's like, I'm a hugger. And she comes in towards <laughs> you, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give her a hug back. She turns to you, 88, arms arms stretched wide. 88 very mechanically like lifts his arms up. She comes in and gives you a hug. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then she turns to you, Nithis, and extends a hand. Nice. I'll shake her hand. I'll, I'll smile. <laughs> read the Way to read the pirate, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, well, um, you guys have arrived just in time for dinner. Yes. Uh, uh, do you want to jump in the wagon? And then 88 <clears throat> was reading us from the story about these people called the heroes of New Haven, and we can have them finish while we go down for Tom. She says, we're only a few minutes away. I don't want to hear a story. I want to hear all about your, uh, the road here. Tell me, how was, how was the trip? She says, uh, it was, you're a few days later than I expected. Yeah, we stopped at, a, what was the name of that town again? Not Bikini. <laughs> uh, Odmina? Yes. And we stayed there overnight. And, oh, um, I think I told you already about the golem, right? Um, she says, let me, let me just go back into my brain space and <laughs> think about what you told me. Um, <laughs> uh, she says, no, uh, you'd left that out of your last letter. Okay. So I'm gonna just kind of tell the whole story about the golem <laughs> and the sandwiches and the breakfast uh, drinks mm -hmm. and then how he really didn't like us to be hanging around, but we eventually won him over with our quirky charm. <laughs> uh, she says, oh wait, one second, important question. And she looks at the horses. She says, which one's Snicker and which one is Doodle? The one on the left. Well, okay, we're looking from this angle to our left is Snicker and on the right is Doodle. Says very good, and she says, you "Can that, tell because Snicker has the white stuff on his nose, and the Doodle does not." She says, "You didn't tell me that Winchester has a halo. What a good boy!" It's a new thing. He's a very good, very lawful good boy. boy. He is a very good boy. She says, uh, um, "Yeah, Gwen conjured it up a couple days ago." <laughs> What's that? Gwen conjured it up a couple days ago. Oh. She says, and uh, she says, and so you all, you can do magic like Brindley can? Yeah. 
Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Actually, I think we all can. Actually. Yeah. You all. You all. You all are magical. <laughs> well, well she says good. it sounds like you're in good company, and then she kind of looks at you, Bradley, and meaningfully says, and she says, "You all seem to be talking real nice together." That sounds looks looks seems like you've got some nice traveling companions here. Some fine, young, upstanding folks. Yeah, they're pretty cool most of the time. <laughs> Uh, uh, so you all, um, right, uh, as you let me describe the scene as you're passing by it. So you come into town. Uh, as you get up on top of the hill, you see a small town spread out before you. Uh, the most striking things are um, on the uh, on the hillside, you see um, a, uh, a large um, uh, fort that looks ancient uh, and is crumbled in, mostly on itself. Uh, you also see um, next to it a larger, uh, another large building uh, that's got these kind of pale white stones at the bottom uh, and darker stones at the top. Uh, and you see uh, uh, there's like soldiers uh, mounted in front of it. Uh, uh, and then there's like a big open field between the two buildings. Um, and then as you guys are going past the buildings, uh, uh, Bronwyn, Brindley's mom, uh, points at a building kind of near those two. And she says, oh, and that is the famed Green Flag in the Inn. She says, home of the everlasting Calamity Keg. Okay, I'll bite. What is that? She says, well, the, god, the goddess Calamity, she came to this tavern uh, over 700 years ago uh, and she put a magical blessing on a keg there, uh, <laughs> and it has never run out in these 700 years since. <laughs> and people come all from all over the place just to have a mug of the god ale, as they call it. The god ale. I have to know, is that something Chris came up with or Amanda came up with? What do yeah. you think? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I, was, I mean, something that awesome is 100% in Amanda. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. I did ask her for things that like Calamity might have done. That was definitely the thing. I think the first thing you came up with is she's like, the green flag and has a keg that lasts forever. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she says, and not only that, but the God Ale is in fact the finest ale in there. It's really good. Um, also, the profit margins for the tavern are great. They get it for free. <laughs> um, Plus all the tourists. <laughs> yeah. She says, though, uh, she says the owner's a bit of a grouch, so I worked there for a few years. Uh, she says, I, she says, uh, anyway, moving along, she says, uh, we're passing uh, East Hill's famed restaurant district. She says with a chuckle as you pass by two buildings uh, that are restaurants. That one's good. That one's not as good. She nods. Uh, you pass by a couple. You pass by a very, very modest little downtown area. It's a little bigger than Odmina, but not by much. Um, uh, uh, and then uh, you get, you start to, you know, uh, kind of uh, crisscross your way down the hill past these buildings. Uh, and about halfway down, she takes you off uh, into an alley uh, to some stables. Uh, and she says, all right, um, she says, I think, she says, I think we should have just enough for the cart. Um, 
she says, Brindley, you should have told me about the cart. You, you could have had me and dad, you know, clear out the clear out the stable a bit more for it. I did not for a second think about that. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. She says, we'll make it work. Um, she, uh, she kind of uh, starts moving some boxes and crates and boxes inside of the stable to make room for it. She hops down from the cart. Come on, let me help. And I run over and I start moving stuff too. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, she, uh, she says, uh, uh, 88, I'll need your help with this box. I go over and move said box. It's incredibly heavy. <laughs> uh, she says, this was when Brindley had a brief rock collecting phase. I was really, really good at it. And... It shows. She says, you, you were very good at it. You picked it right up. Yes, many times. <clears throat> I'm going to look at all the rocks in the box. Uh, you open it up and the, the, rock, the box is full of stones. Um, some of which are, yeah, there's like some like, uh, there's various different rock types. There's some quartzes. There's some, uh, some like, I don't know. Caitlin, help me out here. What are some <laughs> fancy, nice rocks that they could be? Um, Malachite, Jasper, Fluorite. Yeah. Steve, if there's a Steven Universe character named after it, there's probably a rock in there that corresponds <laughs> to it. <laughs> this is very impressive. Yeah, I just found them. Uh, and then, so she clears some space and then gets the uh, cabin moved in or the, uh, the cart moved in. If you want to take any for like your stuff, you can go ahead. Oh, I would not want to take something from your collection. You know, it's just sitting here. Uh, uh, Bronwyn turns to you and she says, please take, take any that you want. <laughs> I, I will take a piece of Jasper. <laughs> And Bronwyn, by the way, is B R O N W Y N. Yes. Okay. That reminds me, I was going to open up my backstory stuff. I forgot to do that. So, yeah, so she actually, uh, so she leads Snicker and Doodle into some stalls. She says, uh, we're, in, we're in between horses right now, but. Um, uh, but luckily, we still have the stables here. Uh, she says, um, uh, she says, uh, we got, we actually, when Brindley told us she was coming, we got some fresh hay for them. Uh, so we should be everything here you need for them. I help get them all stuck, uh, comfy in there. And I'm like, all right, so you guys behave yourselves out here. This is mom and dad's stable. So it's got to be kept really, really nice. Um, and then maybe you'll see the ducks. And I put them on the nose and walk away. Uh, all right. So, um, uh, so uh, Broadwin leads you all uh, out of the stable uh, and into a um, a, a nice but not a nice but modest um, two-story home. Uh, uh, as you open the door, the smell of uh, the smell of cooking wafts out. You smell like uh, vegetables and seasoning and garlic. Uh, uh, and as you come inside, you see um, a kind of a, a shorter, uh, like a five foot four, uh, middle-aged man with a nice uh, Midwestern beer gut uh, sitting at the, uh, at the stove, um, stirring a pot. And he turns and he says, Brindley! And he 
kind of dashes over Daddy! and gives you a big hug. <laughs> oh, my baby girl, you're back. Yeah. Oh, Missy? wow. Oh, I missed you so much. I'm so Did happy you to any see presents? you. Uh, he says the stew count is presents. Yes. Well, then I, I've, got a, I've got a present for each of you. Excellent. Come on in. Come on in. Take your shoes off. They're at the door. Don't don't track the don't track the mud in. Yeah, we got really nice for it. Dad loves it. <laughs> he says, "Oh, I, he says uh, if you want to know more about the flooring, he says uh, it's it's a uh, it's actually a local wood that comes from the forest. Uh, it was planed uh, uh, in a uh, in a fashion that really ha uh, highlights the uh, the grain." I will inspect the grain. <laughs> yes. Tongue and groove, very nice craftsmanship. Uh, he says, yeah, yeah. He says, a buddy of mine, he says, is a carpenter, and he helped me He helped me with all this a few years back, and he, you know, we, we laid it down. He says, it's a lot nicer than the floor was before. I, oh, the, the stew. He kind of hustles the, back uh, over. and The nice booties on Waffles' feet in order to keep him from stretching up the floor. <laughs> When he's inside. I'm sorry, did you say booties? Yeah, little booties. <laughs> little dog booties. <laughs> oh, the dog has dog booties. Yes. Okay. So he doesn't scratch the floor by accident. Uh, okay. But yeah, so you find yourself in a uh, a large. Uh, there's a it's, it's a it's a nicely apportioned kitchen with a big attached dining room area. Uh, Nothing, nothing that compares to say Darius, Bartran, Silverbrand, the you know the fourth you know estate, but it, it's it's nice, it's cozy. Um, he says uh, dinner will be ready in about a half hour. He says, but uh, I'm sure you all are weary from your travels. He says we have a uh, we actually have a uh, you know uh, a washroom upstairs. He says uh, with uh, running water if you want to hmm. want to you know use take a bath or wash up. Uh, he says, we have a sitting room. He says, you're welcome to sit. You can come in here and sit with me and chat with me if you want. Uh, just make yourselves at home. And what's, what's this guy's name again? Oh, he says, uh, sorry, my, where are my manners? I'm Arthur. Arthur Corther. Uh, he, he extends a hand to each of you. Gives you all a big, firm dad handshake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's good It's good having the house full again, he says. Uh, me and your mother were just so excited when you when you said you're coming back. Yeah, I'm so excited to come back too. We can, you know, hang out. You can meet my friends. My friends can meet you. Did you guys have my friends? And I love you. He says, "I assume you're staying for a week." Probably, -ish. yeah. He says, "Well, you know, your birthday is a week from today, so I, I assume know. I assume that's why you're here." Yeah. Oh, will there be a party? Uh, he says, of course, and a cake. Usually more like two or three cakes, but. Uh, all right. Well, I got to tend to this too. Otherwise, it's going to get burnt. But, uh... Okay, I'm going to go wash up real quick. Uh -huh. And then afterwards, I'll show you guys my room, okay? Like super, super happy in his attitude room upstairs. Uh, Broadman says, uh, feel free to have a seat in the sitting room uh, if you want to. She says, I can, I can fix you all a, a, a drink. Uh, she says, I've got uh, lemonade. She says, um, we got water. We got, uh, we got fresh milk. Uh, <clears throat> she says, um, tea. I can make some tea. I get some tea leaves, I think, somewhere. Do you have anything that would clear paint off of wagon wheels? Because that's what Mythos prefers. 
Shut up, Cobalt. <laughs> she says racist. <laughs> she says pa- paint thinner. Um, no, we don't. We have paint thinner in the garage, but I wouldn't recommend drinking it. Uh, that sounds lovely. I'll have a lemonade. Uh, lemonade for you, Nithis. I'm good, thanks. She says a snack. It's something. Uh... <laughs> Meats and cheeses. <laughs> it's, it's becoming a theme. <laughs> uh, this, this world in charcuterie. Uh, she uh, she leads you all into the sitting room, and uh, where you you see some some nice furniture uh, with comfy comfy cushions, uh, uh, some decorations on the wall. Uh, you see um, a series of portraits uh, on one wall um, that has. Uh, that has a picture of Arthur, a picture of Bronwyn, a picture of Brinley, and a picture of an infant. Is the infant blue? No. Yeah. Who is this? I point to the infant. Uh, oh, um, Brinley didn't. Uh, I don't think she would have. Uh, that's that's Ida. Um, that's that's Brinley's older sister, who unfortunately, uh, she says, well, she she got four months on this earth. I am sorry, she says, but uh, she wasn't here for long, but she's always in our hearts, me and Arthur. We've... So is Brindley adopted? <laughs> she frowns at the question. She says, well, no. She says, she's our, she's our second daughter. Uh, why do you ask? She's a water genasi. No, she's my daughter. She says... She said, Brinley hasn't told you about Brinley hasn't told you about how she got her hue? No. <laughs> Whenever we ask, she simply states that she is a normal human, which does not appear to be the case. Well, she is a normal human. Now come on, my daughter is as human as the rest of you. I am not, I am not human. human. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, she just wait, she says, okay, she says, so so 88 and Gwen, yes, aren't human, but you're not human? No. Neither is Brindley. She says, if, she says, if you don't mind me asking, what, what are you? I do mind you asking. Sorry, but... Right <laughs> <laughs> is to be fair, you did bring it up. That's fine. I, she doesn't need to know. She says, oh, well, you look very human. You could, I can, I can, you can understand the confusion. Just like Brindley may not look like every other human girl, but she is, in fact, quite human. How? She says, well, I'm happy to tell you the story. She says... Um, <laughs> It is a little sad, uh, you know, as, as I've already told you, our daughter Ida uh, passed away as an infant. Uh, she was a very sickly baby. Um, uh, we didn't think we would have another kid, but when the gods gave us Brinley, uh, we were very excited. Uh, however, after a few months, she, she started having the same symptoms as her sister. So I was having these dreams at the time. She says, I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> she says, Arthur certainly thought it was, but he's a very supportive man. Not crazy at all. Yeah. And uh, so I went into the woods uh, where there was, where there lived this old mystic woman. Um, and uh, she looked at, she looked at Brinley and told us to um, take her to a remote stream uh, actually pretty far south in the mountains. It was quite the harrowing trip. Uh, we we and then we took her to the stream and we dipped her into the water while reciting an incantation. 
We did that. We brought her back, put her in the crib. The next morning, she was healed. And blue. Uh, she says yes, and her, and a uh, faintly blue. And uh, and as she grew older, the blue became a little more pronounced. But that's that's all. It was a side effect of the magic that saved her life. She's not a water genasi. She's a human. Uh huh. That is a very interesting story. Sure is. I'm surprised Brindley hasn't told it to you. It's, <laughs> she says, I think I've told everybody in town that story. At this point, Brindley, Brindley comes downstairs. She's like, look what I found in my room. And they're like these old and kind of like crunchy flower crowns. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yes, I remember. Anyone. <laughs> and just puts one on uh, Gwen's head, puts the rest on the table. <laughs> Your head's the most accessible. Okay. She says, I completely... <laughs> I, think, I think Gwen would revel in it. She says, I completely forgot about that. She says, um, you made those at the Mid-Spring Festival five or six years ago. Yeah, they really held up. Yeah. Well, you were so concerned about drying them. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, uh, that oh, remember when I collected all of those bugs and uh, thought that they have a nice little house and then they died and then got all smelly and gross and he told me not to do that again. Yes, I do remember that very clearly. We couldn't get the smell out of the house for a couple weeks. But then we got these nice new floors. Yeah, we did get those nice new floors. <laughs> she says in the house smelled of wonderful oak after that for a while. Um, why the flowers are dried. She says, Brinley, mm-hmm. why don't you run upstairs and grab your violin? Do you Have your friends heard you play? I think they did. Yeah, because we played that one time, remember, when we were in um, um, New Haven? I don't know. If, I don't know if Mythos is there. But yeah, okay. She runs upstairs to get her <laughs> violin out of her bag. She says, it's the it's the darndest thing. She, she just picked it up one day, you know, and it just started playing it and just started playing this beautiful music. Wow. Kind of like she already knew how? I, she's just she's just always but she's just such a smart kid she is the smartest kid i know she you know she got into rock collecting and picked it up really quick she got she picked up that violin you know she was able to identify all those bugs she's just a whip smart kid that's always been able to just do whatever she set her mind on yes caitlin you have your hand raised may i roll um a history or something about what i know about water genasi uh, sure. What what am I rolling? Uh, nature? Doesn't even matter. Nat 20 <laughs> So wow. 22. <laughs> uh, do I know if they have, like, Kalistar, like a genetic sort of memory? Um, <clears throat> I, I'm checking a thing out. Because that is familiar to me. This is something I know something about. No, that is not something that's inherent in water genasi. Interesting. Okay, thanks. Um, uh, but yeah, I she run said, back downstairs with my violin. It's not even in its case. I just have like the neck in one hand and the bow <laughs> in the other. Oh, I ate the whole other. Uh, <laughs> oh, while you were did I not tell you guys that one? You had not. Oh. Must have been in another life. Yeah. 
You were focused mostly mostly on asking questions. I guess you did. Well, yep, that's true. No, unless it's been really distracted, because usually I fucking love telling that story. <laughs> I'm curious. Have you met this wise woman from the woods ever again? I never met her. She says we've never we've never been back. I bet you like fifty bucks if we go there, or fifty gold if we go there. There's got to be anything there. No bet. <laughs> no bet. <laughs> Worth a day trip though, if we're hanging around for a week until your birthday. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, Brittany's mom's like, but why would you want to go back? Why not? She says, but but why go? Why risk it? I don't know. She seemed nice. Give me her story. I am just curious. Yeah. She says, just it's best to leave these things alone. So she wasn't like a kindly old woman. She was like a crone adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good description, crone adjacent. She's not the type of woman you seek out unless you need something from her. Yeah. Uh, All right. Fair enough. When shivers for no reason. Gwen <laughs> <laughs> Gwen shivers in Rangram. Blinks <laughs> furiously. Scratches his eye. Yeah. Ow. Itchy. Itchy all of a sudden. She says, Oh, but anyway, Brindley, why don't you play why don't you play that wonderful piece you're you're showing us before you left? Oh yeah. Uh okay, so this is original. And she starts to play and it's like at first, like this really nice melody, but then there's something weird about it. The longer you listen to, it becomes like it, the sound itself is like very mellifluous and gentle, but there's like some sort of under turn to it that seems a little bit more sends like shivers down your spine. When when um, Bronwyn said, "Why don't you play?" You know, of course, Gwen kind of pulled around his lute so he could kind of try to not play along, but kind of figure out the fingering of mm -hmm. how he would play along. To <laughs> I, I tried to say that sentence without saying that, and I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Because <laughs> that's, that's what you call making notes on a lute. <laughs> I mean, any musical instrument, that's what you call it. Yeah, I know. Yes. There's going to be a lot of giggling, I think. But yeah, so the slightly unsettling music goes on for like another two minutes. And she goes, well. That was beautiful, unsettling. darling. Just beautiful. Yeah. Because it was so awesome. Yeah. Have I, have I ever heard awesome. anything like that? Um, no. Okay. Is, okay, was it an undertone? that was the shivery part or were they actual notes that you were playing or was it a duality of sound where you were playing and something else was underneath it um it's more like what you heard was light and cool but then what kind of resonated in the back of your brain was unsettling like the, the different chords he's playing like just kind of reverberate with each other in such a way that it just yeah so it was the sound. It wasn't like a magical effect. Right. Okay. So it is a magic violin. Mm -hmm. oh. I do a little something 
and there's like a image of a bunny rabbit jumping around. Can I figure <laughs> out anything for the future that would harmonize with that? Uh, roll me perform check just to see how well you. Or no, wait, uh, this would be performance intelligence basis. We'll be uh, just uh, intelligence with proficiency, we'll call it. Okay. Intelligence with proficiency. It's actually funny because I think in D&D &D you can actually say roll me perf perform based off intelligence, but yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess, a core part of the system. It's hard to break, <laughs> break out of that. It's confusing. Old... Yeah. Wait, now I'm confused. What? Roll, roll intelligence with proficiency. Okay. <laughs> Um, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, you know, it's funny. You were just learning a song last, you know, yesterday, and it was much easier than this. There's just something about the song that, like, it just flusters your fingers. It flusters your brain a little bit. It's hard to, it's hard to retain. We can I play something a, else. I'm, I make a note to, um, to bug Brinley about it next time we get on the road. Oh, uh, she, uh, Bronwyn notices uh, uh, Gwen that you play. She says, "That's right. You're you're a musician, correct?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, she says, "Well, with your violin, uh, with Ben's violin and your lute." Um, uh, she says, "We'll have to get uh, we'll have to get Arthur in here uh, to sing a song with us." And um, and she says, "And I can pull out one of my instruments." I love Caitlin's face. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That that is Mythos's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that sounds like a wonderful after dinner activity. She says yes, and then we'll figure out. Um, she says, uh, she says we do have a guest room, um, and then for you, Nithis, and then Gwen. I mean, would you mind sleeping on the couch? Oh no, that'd be perfectly fine. I can also bunk in the uh, in with um, fucking Winchester <laughs> in the stable if needed. She says, oh, I, no, no, you, you will definitely have a place to sleep here under. She says, we've got some extra pillows and some blankets we can give you to. Do you uh, have anything that will help me remember the name of my fucking dog? Just write it down. Write it down. Put it on your computer. It's written right? out. It just wasn't directly in front of my eyes. Put it on a post-it note. God. Oh. Change your name on your character sheet <laughs> to the name of your toy. Oh, no, don't do that. Everyone should just put a, we should all just have a, a post-it note on our forehead. Winchester. <laughs> this is Winchester. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems like a lot to ask, but thank you for <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I, I did. I did come up with a clever Zoom hack. So there you go, Sean. <laughs> Sean, your dog. <laughs> no, it doesn't because it says Sean, your dog is not. Oh, I can see it. I'll cut off. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, Caitlin's gone. I'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick. All right, I'll I'll pause it. See. Yes, we're back. I forgot to mention it is in fact the 24th of planting a King's Day. All right, so. Uh, Anywho, uh, yeah, so um, as you all are, are sitting there talking about music, um, Arthur comes into the room and says, uh, dinner, or dinner, uh, and he kind of gestures you all into the kitchen uh, where he set out uh, some plates and cups and 
uh, forks and uh, you know cloth napkins. Uh, and there's a place with none of that uh, with a bigger chair for you, uh, 88. Uh, and he says, uh, all right, all right, uh, come on in, come on in. We got a, we got a, a fresh stew, he says. Um, and then I baked a couple loaves of bread, he says. Uh, uh, he says, uh, and some mashed potatoes. And, uh, oh, uh, some leftover noodles, he says. I, I threw those in there just in case y'all were hungry. So heated them back up. Uh, Burnley puts some mashed potatoes at the bottom of a bowl and then puts a bunch of steam on top of it. And okay. grabs a huge chunk of bread. Yes, favorite. <laughs> and he will, will sit down and pull out his rose tavern tankard and just put it in the space in front of him. Nice. Something, something to awkwardly do with his hands. Well, it's just you know, so there's not just a big empty space in the table. Yeah. Um, uh, Broadman's like, oh, uh, should we put something out for you? Um, no, I am fine. Is there anything we can get you? No. <laughs> there is. Just let me know. Our he house, your house. Uh, so, uh, everyone. You all get your plates and you all sit down and uh, and Arthur uh, says, well, uh, he says, we're all really happy to have you here at our home and we're happy that Brindley has made such nice friends on the road. Uh, and he says, let's dig in. Uh, and he, they start tucking into their food. Okay. Yep. Kind of lean over and I tell Gwen that the food, that the stew, or the mashed potatoes are like 12 times as good when you put the stew on top of them. <laughs> I will give it really soaks it in really nice. Uh, and he says, oh, and he says, these potatoes are actually from my garden. Cool. He says, uh, he says, yeah, I've been working on, uh, he says, I've been actually working on rotating the crops, he says, to optimize the, how well they, how well they, uh, you know, they grow. What was that last year again? I don't know, <laughs> something that would go good with potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Crop rotation, potatoes. <laughs> I think it just depends on the climate. Like in central Illinois, it's Corn and soybeans, corn and yeah. soybeans, um, corn and some alfalfa. Ah, last year he says we had a, uh, uh, we had um, some root vegetables. We had some onions and turnips and radishes there. That's right. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> and he says the so next year, uh, next year we'll put in some squash and some eggplants. Oh God, yes, eggplant year is such a great year. <laughs> I love is eggplant. the garden just for the two of you, or do you sell produce? Oh no, it's just for us. We yeah, just something, you know, just, it's just something to do to give us, you know, a way to pass the time. He says, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of got into gardening, you know, a little while back. He says, just because, you know, it's nicer the, it's nicer when you have the food that you grow yourself. There's just a feeling of satisfaction that comes along with it. Isn't that, isn't that right, Bronwyn? You know, she says, uh, uh, Bronwyn says that uh, now. She says, uh, Arthur takes care of all the cooking here at home because that's what I do for a living. So, where do you cook I at? See. Uh, she says, right now I'm cooking at the Good Restaurant. Yeah. Is that <laughs> the name of it? 
<laughs> she says, no, that's just what Brinley calls it. She's called it that for like 10 years now. She says, we went to the bad restaurant <laughs> and uh, she didn't, she had a really bad time there. She didn't like any of the food. So ever since then, it's been the good restaurant uh, and, and the bad restaurant. <laughs> bad restaurant is really just bullshit. <laughs> hey, language. We don't curse at the table. I guess okay. it really makes it easy to choose where to go. <laughs> it does. Everything's really simple. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're going to get casual food, you'll just go to the Green Flag. She says it's nice true. She meal. says they do have they do have bar food there. She says, uh, I mean, not as good bar food as it was when I when I cooked there, but mm -hmm. it's really gone well, downhill. Well, this is but, delicious. Know, uh, size of a miracle and everything. And he says, uh, and Arthur's like, and of course during the day, I, he says, I, I teach at the elementary school. He says. Uh, you gotta gotta teach those youngers youngsters about the way of the world. I mean, this this is this is a Sean comment. This is so unbelievably wholesome. It's a wonder Brinley ever left home. <laughs> Dad used to tell him about that kid last year who got the pencil stuck up his nose. Ow! <laughs> Oh, he says, uh, young Turi. Yeah, yeah. Turi's uh, always sticking things up his nose that shouldn't go up there. <laughs> Why? Oh, my God. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's a psychological issue. I think he has something to prove to the other kids. Kind of a, you never really like to pay attention either, uh, <clears throat> much in class. Anyway, he's not my problem. He, he moved on. He's in another classroom now. Huh. Yeah. Always likes to be the center of attention. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, it's always nose-based, too. It's pencil up his nose. He says, uh, an eraser. One day, it was three leaves from outside. I mean, normally, we identify kids like that to possibly be, you know, servants of Chalik, but that just sounds weird. He's a weird kid. <laughs> Not like my Brindley here, and he gives you a pat on the back. Yes, I'm always a very good kid. She excelled in her studies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> it's a very inquisitive person. <laughs> and of course, Dad's always was always here to help me when I was younger. Oh, not that you needed much help there, darling. <laughs> he true, says you were. <laughs> he says you handled anything that came your way. He says uh, it is real nice having you back, though. He says. Uh, like, his eyes watering a little bit as he <clears throat> looks at you fondly. It's nice to be home. And you know what? If we're going this way, we have to come back eventually. So we'll see you again soon, probably. Uh, uh, just uh, a question. Brinley, how long have you been gone from home? I forgot. I know. Sorry. Chris will uh, have to help us with this one. Um, let's see. How long yes. does it take to get from um, like Three or to New Haven. <laughs> you have been gone from home for 21 days at this point. Like three weeks. <laughs> she went to New Haven and turned right back around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's been forever. I. I never. Um, well, I think um, it was excellent fortune that we were ha happened to be heading in this direction. Out of New <sighs> Oh, definitely. Um, uh, Arthur says, uh, Nithis, or is the food to your liking? He says, is there other, anything else I can get you? Or? No, it's great. Thank you. 
And he says, uh, he says, Gwen, by the way, how old are you? He says, uh, <laughs> I think Nithis does chuckle. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm seven. So, you know, I've, I've been around the block. Not, I have, I've, I haven't learned as much. I've learned so much in the last couple of weeks that, that I'm really, really looking forward to getting to eight. It says, wow, you have half as many years as old Terry Pencil knows. <laughs> hey, says, did Shia put a, a pencil up his nose? He's 14? Well, he was 13 when he put the pencil up his nose. Who knows what he's putting up there right? now? Right? <laughs> My child needs help. Kobolds <laughs> okay. mature very, very quickly. So. He, says, uh, he says, no, you are, you're, you're, you're leaps ahead of him. <laughs> he says, "I'll be honest." He says, uh, "Cobalt physiology is one of the one of the he's a subject I've not looked much into." He says, uh, "He says, um, he says, uh, what can you tell me about?" Uh, he says, you, "So you are mature." Uh, he says, "How? how hopefully, this is not too rude of a question. Ask, how old do you, you typically live if you if you're mature by six? Dad, well, it's just a, it's just it's just a scientific question. You don't right? ask like, people what their life expectancy is." It, it's it's okay. It's it's you know it, it's actually a it's a pretty common question because you know it, it, I mean it's kind of there's a cultural aspect to it and then there's physically physically we can last as long as humans you know mid I think it's like 120s if I remember correctly for who uh, for kobolds really? for kobolds mm-hmm. yeah yeah I we can we can live for quite a long time but. Um, you know, most races tend to use us as um, as cannon fodder and slaughter us in job lots. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a fact of kobold existence that uh, that we're pretty fragile. So, is it still happening that way? I mean, not me, not anymore. It's been, I mean, 30, 40 years since someone, you know, slaughtered a couple thousand of my family. So, but. You know that does periodically, periodically happen. That's one reason I'm where I am now. Is you know the family encourages us to go out and see the world. He says that's just awful. He says, uh, "Why, why people would slaughter anybody wholesale like that? It's just not right." Well, we certainly think so. <laughs> we certainly agree with you on that. <laughs> I genuinely thought your lifespan was like twenty years max. <laughs> No, well, goblins have a, have a have a shorter lifespan, but yeah, I guess since kobolds are draconic in nature, I guess that would make sense. That that's crazy. I mean, in in the couple of weeks I've known you guys, I've been almost killed like four times. So that's true. What, do, do you say? Do you actually say that in character? Yeah. Uh, Bronwyn and Arthur both kind of look at you and say, "What do you mean by that?" <laughs> I I tend to lead with my face. Um, Bradley, have you been in combat? No. Yes, she has on she several stands, occasions. She stands way I'm at the not point. in combat. I'm far away from combat helping people. Bradley's like, Bradley, like you four? did not put that in any of your letters. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't it was, think it was that important. I mean, Bradley, she's Bradley she's have, a, you, have you killed somebody, Bradley? No. She, She's a badass. She killed like four out of the five of, of big dumb whatever his name when? is. When? No. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, sorry. 
yeah. and I just kind of look around mystified and, and eat some mashed potatoes. Yeah. Brinley stays to the back. I do too. Sometimes. Yeah, it's always Gwen rushing in and then getting almost killed. And 88, of course, is just a brick wall. So yeah. We stand behind 88. Yeah. I have not made of bricks. <laughs> I know. It's He's a, an iron uh, Bronwyn says, now, Brindley, you're not picking fights, are you? <laughs> no, the fights definitely pick us. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Definitely not. When, when very studiously is eating his stew and looking Try to avoid at fights the table. as often as possible. She says, and the people that you've been murdering, she says. Have, I, I mean, haven't murdered anyone. No. I've defended myself. I don't think it's murder if they want to kill you first. Yeah, exactly. So you're just it's... defending yourself. Of course. Okay. I don't think we've attacked that, that you think otherwise, mom. Well, I don't know. My baby's in the world for the first time ever, and I just want to make sure that she's doing the right things. I want to make sure that we raised you well. And Arthur's like, hey, I got offered a job by an evil mob family, and I didn't take it. I think you raised me. Arthur's like, what? You got <laughs> offered a job by an evil mob family? Yeah. Oh, wait. I was Well, I told you, I didn't tell you guys. I said I could tell these guys. Didn't that happen twice? Twice? I think it only happened once. Oh. She got offered a job, and she also pissed off a mob fit. Yes. Yeah. I thought he offered her a job too. No, he he. Well, under 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 spell, he did. Yeah. <laughs> she. Oh, he says you got to be careful with those mob types, honey. They. Yeah. They have long memories and longer swords. Yeah, they're best to be avoided, which is why I didn't take the job because I'm smart. <laughs> that you are. You're my smart smart little girl, and he gives you a little friendly tap on the shoulder. <laughs> he says, uh, is like, no, let's go back to this. So you, you've been keeping the fighting out of your letters. What what sort of fighting have you done? What what she says it's a terrible, terrible world out there. Did you come into trouble on the road or um well there was a shadowed sword bounder. That attacked our friend, and we rescued him. She says, "What? What's the what? What's a shadowed sword bounder?" And Arthur's like, "It's a stabby cat." <laughs> he says, "It's a it's a black cat that's got sword for fur." How do you know about that? He says, "I read about it at the library." Hmm. He says, uh, "I'm a teacher, you know." Is there a big library in East Hill? Yeah. Uh, he says that we have a modest sized library. It's super old. Uh, he says, uh, "We used to have the biggest library in the country, but uh, uh, now that now the library is a military fort, it just goes to show you what's wrong with this country these days." <laughs> he says, "We need to spend less money in the army and more money on research education. and knowledge and education." I, I can't hear the phrase. That's what's wrong with this country without vomiting. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. This is a this is a fantasy world where real things don't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good really library, worthy. though. There's a lot of stuff in there. That's where I finished uh, my degree. But you have a degree? Mm -hmm. In what? Anthropology. Oh. Did we know that? I don't think she's told you guys now. No. I guess that explains what all the questions. What are you talking about? <laughs> Mostly, you were just trying to 
pry information out of Mythis. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, were you gonna were you gonna say something, Adiata? I was simply going to ask if you were aware that Krelson is currently under siege. Oh, no. He, he he looks at Bronwyn and she shakes her head no. He says, We we didn't know that. Oh. Well it is. He says, uh Bronwyn says, most of the uh most of the army that was stationed here, she says, left a few days ago. She says, along with uh, some further troops that came in from the woods. I think that was Commander. We met Commander yeah. Kisson down yeah, the road. Yeah, we talked to them. We met them uh, hmm. passing on the way in. They were very we did a show for them, and it was so good. They were a very appreciative crowd. I, I liked them very much. Hmm. She says, uh, oh, that's not good, though. She says... Um, Windhaven's grown bold enough to actually start sieging the city, she says. War surely is going to follow soon. Yeah, they're talking about conscripting people. She looks at Arthur. She says, and you're heading east? Yeah. Yes. Yep. She says, out of the country? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you're worried for any reason, we will not be conscripted. She says, I'm less worried about the conscription, more worried about the war, she says. Seems like a good time to be away from here. It does seem like a good time not to be around more. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're still pretty far from it. For now. She says, well, apparently you know you were right when you made the argument to leave. She says... It is probably good for you to get out of the house. That's what I was telling you for like three and a half years. <laughs> she says, and you seem to have acquitted yourself well to the lifestyle. Um, yeah, I could use more bows on the road, but it's not too bad. Arthur's like, are you sticking to the skincare regimen we worked on together? <laughs> of course. Otherwise, you know, you know how my skin gets. It's just weird. He says, that's my girl. <laughs> yes. Does your skin get? It's weird. Hmm. He says, uh, "It's just a side effect of the of the blessing that cured her." Hmm. <laughs> I like the the hmms going around the table. <laughs> <laughs> How much do we press at dinner? <laughs> How much do I want to know about bird skin stuff? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about water genasi eczema. Yeah. <laughs> um. He says, well, it's good. It's good. It's good. My, it's good. Skincare is important, he says. It's your biggest organ. Yes, exactly. We do a whole semester on scale care when we're kids. Oh, good. Good. I imagine you have very different needs then. Oh, yeah. Than Mostly just rub ourselves down with sand every once in a while. So that's like the number one thing that you need to remember to do for scale care or if we like something else. No, that's about it. You can also roll in dirt or in sand. But What's the best way? Uh, sorry, my phone was crazy. Um, no, the best way is actually just to um, take a sandy rag or, or sand and, and just rub your scales down. You know, once a month, month and a half, it's, you know, not that bad. You can polish your scales if you want, but 
you know, I'm not fancy. So I, I prefer to let my performance speak for me and not the shininess of my scales. But what if we like shined your scales and the design on top of your head? So that way when you're performing and there's lights on you, it's kind of sparkles. You could you can do that. Actually, some people actually have mural scales. So they shine their scales and, and put little murals on them. Oh, that's cool. And other people have their scales, their uh, horns carved. So they have intricate designs that kind of tell the stories of their lives uh, carved into their, into their horns. Interesting. Arthur's like, but wouldn't they have to recarve in the designs that you know as their horns grew and shed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it takes a lot of. I mean, but if you think about it, very high maintenance. Yeah, humans spend a lot of time like doing things to their their skin and their and their hair. So he says, oh, and he says, you know, and when Bradley says high maintenance, she says it's not a bad thing. He says maintenance is good. It keeps the car running. Or the car running. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps the car running. Car running. <laughs> keeps the keeps the keeps the wagon in good order. Keeps the wheels turning. <laughs> he says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, and I mean, you know, the the, the way you express your <laughs> the way you express your creativity is is up to is up to you. So, uh, I mean, dancing, singing. Cursing, you know, all of these things are things that we do to to express ourselves. You know, he says, "Well, I hope you all saved room because I have uh, I have made a a summer apple pie. That sounds delicious. Nice. What I is was a hoping pie? you'd say that. What's that? What is a pie? You're about to have your tiny mind blown, man. Lesson one. He says, "Well, uh, if you don't know, I'm about to about to change your life, my friend." <laughs> my dad, Betsy, on the show. apple pie is award winning. Uh, he says, "He says, and we like to do a little slice of cheddar right on top. I go with it." So, a slice of oh, God, cheddar. We're in fantasy New England. <laughs> Did you say yeah. cheddar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real out, thing. out of character. If you've never had cheddar on apple pie, it is it's really good. That's why there's apples on cheese plates all the time because the plate breaks go well. Like cheese. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, <clears throat> just a second here. Uh, he says, "Yeah." All right. He says, uh, "One sec." And he goes and he, uh, he goes uh, over into the kitchen and uh, opens up. Uh, a drawer next to the stove and pulls out a pie. He says, if you leave it near the stove, it stays warm. Uh, he pulls it over and sits it on the table. And yeah, there's this this large circular dish with a lattice covered design on top of it. Uh, uh, it's You can smell the smell cinnamon and fruit. It smells like a sweet, like a dragonfall celebration. He says, uh, hmm. He says, well, let's cut into it. And he, so he cuts it in the slices and uh, asks, asks you individually if you'd like a slice of cheddar on it. He recommends it, but he's not going to force it. You can have one without and one with, and then he can decide which one's better. I, I like Brenda's plan. That's pretty likely. I'm definitely asking for seconds. I don't even know what it's like. <laughs> All right. So he puts the pie on the table and 
Uh, he says, uh, he says nothing quite like a belly full, a full, a full belly and dessert on top of it. <laughs> I'm like clearing some of the dishes from dinner to the side in order to make more room for pie. Uh, and he, he he takes them from you. He says, "Now, now, now! You don't you don't have to do the dishes. Oh, I got it. I got it." Okay. He says, "You've you're here, and you've got company with you." So. Fair enough. <laughs> and I did eat my pie. Just so you know, it's not here yet, but my food is very close. He says, "So, uh, <clears throat> so Bremley hasn't told us a lot about you all." Uh, uh, he says, "So, um." He says, uh, where are you all from? Uh, all different places, I'm assuming. He kind of looks at your silent. <laughs> Who wants to go first? He says, what, you, 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 what about you? He says, where, where's your clan from? Uh, we're from far, far to the west. The big, uh, big mountain we call, uh, we call Dragon Shadow. Uh, he, says, he says, you wouldn't happen to be over near Hokkaido, would you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I've read about Hokkaido. It seems like a, a very interesting place. Wait, where is he from? That that lady, that mountain far, far in the west in Hokkaido where we visited once with the... Where the black dragon was? Where the black dragon was. <clears throat> you see, but... <laughs> I need to do some research on my backstory really quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> what my backstory is. No. Uh, he says. Uh, he says. He Her says backstory now, is forty years ago. She went up the mountain and killed <laughs> 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 uh, He says. So. Um, he says. So. You come from Hokkaido. He says, which is the capital of Nishima, if I remember correctly. He says, Brindley. Is that right? Yeah. Of course. Uh, How do you spell Nishima? Uh, N a s h i m a. Uh, and he says, so how, how did you get here? He says, I'm assuming by sea, but where did you go overland? Well, a little bit of both, uh, you know, sea to land and land across. It's a, it's a, there's an established kind of pilgrimage trek that, that, that we take in order to visit New Haven, mm. which is the home of Chalik, our God. Oh, yes. I guess that makes sense. He says, now, do you, I imagine that skirts the empire? Is it sea, sea till you get past the empire or? yeah I, I we try to try to stay away from large you know angry human settlements as much as possible so really any land that'll have us and, and wants a very little bit of tourist money hmm. he says uh so sounds like quite the trip he says uh he says and so you made your pilgrimage to to the the holy city I did. I did. It was it was really glorious to see where all the stories had really happened. And then, of course, I got embroiled in my own adventures, which which really I mean, there couldn't possibly be anything better for a for a kobold on on pilgrimage. So. He says, so how long did it take you to get here? For sure. I don't know. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Make something up. I don't care. <laughs> Probably, I, I would guess about a year. <clears throat> yeah, it. it it, it's, I, you know, when you, <clears throat> I left when I was five and a half and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it seemed to take forever, but I, I think that's just because it was such a large portion of my life. 
Well, no, I left when I was six. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's just, it's been so long that, uh, you know, you get old, you start forgetting things. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, so you says it took you a year to get there. How long were you in, uh, Carthel or New Haven for? Um, even a week, like, like three days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the very, the very first day I met, I met these guys and then it was just like, it was just adventure after adventure. It was great. Hmm. He says, that it's quite the interesting journey. He says, uh, he says, and you met, and that's where you met Brindley in New Haven? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brindley in 88 Nippus. He says, and yeah, Bryn, Bryn must not have been there too long because uh, you know, she just left here three weeks ago. Yeah, it's a couple of days. Yeah, I think she got there the day before I did, actually. Hmm. Bronwyn says, it must be fate. I think it was the hand of challenge. Of course, I tend to think everything is really the hand of challenge. So that is true. Might be biased. <laughs> Arthur says he must have a lot of hands. <laughs> Dad. Moving all these things around. <laughs> oh. One of one of my father specializes in dad jokes. That was a, quite a good one, sir. <laughs> Got a hand it to him. <laughs> uh. What have I done? <laughs> I sneak a little bit of like a thick piece of apple from the pie down for waffles. <laughs> uh, your dad notices but pretends not to. <laughs> uh, he says, oh, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, if it's not too implied to ask, how many dads do you have? <laughs> um, no, I mean, we're remarkably open about these kind of things and we really don't. Uh, we, you know, and Robin's kind of like, oh, Arthur, that's not a question you ask. How many dads somebody has? <laughs> Seven. Uh, let's see. One, two, three. <laughs> I have, I'm just making sure I'm counting correctly. I have two, mo two mothers and three fathers. He says, that's a lot of parenting. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when... I'm I'm closest with my nine clutchmates, but you know I think there were. A he says nine siblings. Yeah, we don't really. I mean, I guess that's why you need so many parents. He says it took just the two of us to raise this one. <laughs> yeah, there's it's a it's a very cooperative system because there's just so many of us that you know everybody's kind of keep an eye out for each other and help each other when they can. So it's it's it. You know what? It, it actually it reminds me of, of how nice it is, um, the nice the, the family that you've created here. It seems very homey. Uh, he says, uh, "Yeah, we, we like it." He says, uh, "He says, you know, but you know, you know, you know what the the secret is." He says, uh, "Love." He says, "That's oh, what I makes a home." I thought that's I thought the secret. I thought I thought the secret was cheddar, and I pointed my. <laughs> I like this one, Bradley. He's a good. He's a good one. <laughs> cheddar. <laughs> uh, he says, "Yeah, we do. We do love our. We do love our food in this house, and you know, even if our, even if our daughter does like putting apple on waffles." The the dog or the breakfast food. The dog. He says, "I." Don't put it on him. I give it to him to eat. 
on him, he's going to get all Maddie and gross, and then we'd have to cut it off again. I was real. I was about to be real mad that they were they didn't like apples on waffles. <laughs> I forgot about your dog. <laughs> uh, and Robin's like, "Oh, you spoil that dog, Brindley." He's a very good boy. <laughs> Arthur's like, "He is a very good boy." And he says, "In between you and your mother, he says, uh, he says it's no wonder he's gotten to be such a big good boy." Yes, <laughs> I just down some cheese. You look down and you see that your mother has also put some food down. <laughs> Uh, he says, well, what about you, 88? He says, uh, he says, did you also meet up with the rest of these lot in New Haven? That is correct. He says, and what parts do you call home? I was activated in the Academy State of Altaria. Hmm. He says, uh, he says, are you planning on heading back over that way on your way east? I believe the plan is to pass through there, yes. He says, uh, uh, Bronwyn says, I hear there's all sorts of weird magic over there. I suppose that would depend on what you mean by weird. She says, uh, she says, aren't they inventing new spells and magic items and things like that? Yes. The magical studies in Altaria are very advanced. Arthur says, I've always been curious. He says, uh, how do you protect yourself from magical mishap there? He says, if uh, if some if some student, you know, let's say one that likes putting pencils up their nose comes up with a destructive fire spell, what's to stop them from blowing up everyone? I do not know. He says, I'd worry about that every day, I think. It never occurred to me. <laughs> so it must not happen very often, I guess. Not to my memory. He says, uh, oh, whatever they're doing, it must be working. He says, I'll tell you what, though, will you do me a favor, 88? If you go through that Altaria, would... we see if you can find out what they're doing, and then when you come back, you can let me know. I will see what I can learn. I think I see where Brinley gets her questions from. <laughs> nope. He says, uh, do you say that out loud? He says, uh, he says, good. Uh, he says, curiosity is good. He says, uh, curiosity never hurt anyone. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing whether that's true when you started on Nithis. <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> he says, he says, without curiosity, he says, yeah, you, 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 how would you ever find out how the world is? It would be a much boringer place. He says, curiosity. You know, is what gets people to leave the front doors. It's what sent our, our Bryn Bryn out of the house, he says, but she seems to be all the better for it. Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good. Do you have many students of magic in East Hill? Uh, he says, uh, he says, not of magic, he says. Uh, he says, if, uh, he says most of, most of the students that show an aptitude for that or a real desire for that, he says, go to the, go to Carthel. He says, uh, yeah, we don't have a mage tower here. He says, just a, just a, a library, just a fort that used to be a library and a pile of rocks that used to be a fort. Hmm. I, and it may be a rude question, but why do you need a fort? 
he says he says well, i don't need a fort he says <laughs> you know he says if i had my way it'd be a library he says but uh you know we are the uh we are the easternmost city in the empire or not the empire in the country uh so he says so the uh, army maintains a, a presence here to you know, this is this is where you know they, when they send soldiers out to scout through the woods or to patrol the border the border with Altaria, he says they come back here to recuperate. Also, um, we have a bit of a bear problem. You know, bear problem. Like our teeth, bears. Yeah. Oh. Tons he of said, them in the woods. He says, "Yeah, woods is lousy with them." I love he says, and he says, and he says, there is the, there's of course the story of the old bear of the woods. He says, says it's a bear that's a thousand years old. That's an old bear. Mm-hmm. How do they know it's a thousand? He says, that's a good question. He says, that's just how the tale goes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it is said that in her immortal life, uh, Calamity had met this bear and... <laughs> Blessed it with eternal life. You uh, made Barakas immortal. <laughs> of course she did. Of course she did. Uh, FYI, Amanda didn't know that. That's one of the things I thought of this spring on. <laughs> I had thought about it too, though. But I just didn't bring it up yet. <laughs> it's very on brand. He says, uh, he says, uh, for whatever reason, he says the trickster goddess loves this town. So, <laughs> well, they did spend quite a lot of time here, the heroes of New Haven. So, he says, Yeah, so, so we get the everlasting keg and the everlasting bear, and <laughs> and well, a forest full of other bears. So, be careful out there. Can you imagine the stories that bear would tell? Awesome. He says, well, I imagine that there is probably one really good story and then a bunch of stories about getting honey or fish from a stream. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, that's fair. He says, though, maybe a, maybe the occasional person stumbles too close and gets mauled. He says, though, that's the thing about bears. So they're surprisingly docile creatures. He says, you gotta, he says, you can, you can, you know, be 10 feet from one and it'll ignore you. He says, unless it's hungry, in which case you can be 50 feet away from one and never outrun it. <laughs> he says bears move at surprising speeds. Mm-hmm. He says, and they have powerful lever arms. He says, so they're incredibly strong for their size. Le- leather arms? Lever. Lever. Oh, okay. I was like, that's what? Mm-hmm. That's how they can climb so good. Mm-hmm. And rip apart, I was going to say cars, but no cars. Tristan, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> He says, and their paws are as big as my head, so. Well. He says, and their claws are basically as sharp as daggers, just as long. They're really cool. <laughs> hey, Calamity, do you, or Calamity, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we were, I had Calamity on the line because we were just talking about bear guests. Hey, Brimley, do you remember when you went through that bear phase for that year? Yeah. I mean, phase makes it sound weird. Um, I just have a healthy respect for bears. What's a bear phase? And they're adorable. Oh, it was all she was interested in for almost like a whole year. Just bears. Facts about bears. Six. 
Stuffed bears. You wrote those stories about that bear. Did I write stories about a bear? You have so to remind you, me about that. Brahma says, um, oh, it was um, uh, Barely Barrington, the traveling oh, bear. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, he was the worst salesman in the world. He traveled around from, from town to town trying to sell honey, uh, wearing a fancy tunic and a hat so that people couldn't tell he was a bear. But the problem is that a lot of people have honey and a bear can't really hide that it's a bear with a hat. She says, but you know, try telling that the six-year-old Brindley, she says. <laughs> I, think you, I think you wrote at least five or six of those bear, barely Barrington bear books. Yeah, gosh, they were too long too. They were like 130 pages each. Oh, wow. She says, and I'd have to, and then once she wrote them, I'd have to read them to her at night before she went to bed. It's how you really can refine your craft. Um, when you hear your words read and out, read out loud to you, you can see like where the pitfalls are in your writing, and then how good the characterization stays. Whether the voice is really you know present still in there. And then Arthur's like, and she's like, and he's like, in my Bryn Bryn, and she was writing at a at a tenth grade level at at age six. That's what I wanted to ask. So I did have issues with bending reality a little bit too much. It was just a hat and a tunic. That was all it was. I could have been better. I see that now. <laughs> well, creating creating successful art is is a lifelong pursuit. So, also, <laughs> you were six. Yeah. I had excellent friendship. Apparently, <laughs> Friendly has always had a has always had a wonderful imagination. Talking about coming up with stories and then talking about them as if they were real. She just created whole worlds in her head. Hmm. <laughs> uh, sorry, wait, sorry. I love got... watching you guys and seeing like whatever is like plucky kid stuff or whether it's suspicious. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there's no way that writing a 130 page novel is plucky kid stuff. That's, no. <laughs> I think there's a said... There's five of them. Um, sorry, idiot. I got we got we got on a tangent about bears. Bronze, <laughs> like as you often do, Arthur. Uh, They're fascinating creatures. But uh, we were talking about Altaria, and and uh, that's where you're from. He says, uh, he says, what made you what made you leave the uh, the academy state? I was hired as a personal bodyguard. Oh. He says. Um, well, he says, well, what brought you to New Haven then? He says, did you? I was seeking adventure. Oh. <laughs> he says, I guess that does is what brings a lot of people to New Haven. That's why Brindley went there. And Gwen from the sounds of it. He says, uh, so personal bodyguard, were you uh, working for like a merchant or? A... a wealthy social eccentric. Periclesian. Oh, he says, <laughs> I bet you have some good stories about a, a eccentric, wealthy Periclesian. He was quite a character. <laughs> That's fantastic. He says, uh, he says, tell me about it. What was, what was, uh, what's your favorite story about your wealthy Periclesian eccentric friend? I don't know, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm going to make you think of your backstory. <laughs> so if you want to or not. <laughs> can you, can you remember... Me. Can you remember the plot of Green Acres? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hang on a second. Da -dun -da -dun -dun. The chores. Da -dun -da -dun -dun. The hell? He once put on a high-class salon for a number of other well-to-do socialites, which involved a number of... Uh, Models being dipped in various condiments. Wow. Like models of ships and planes or no or planes? Uh, people. Ah, <laughs> oh, that yeah. is well <laughs> you weren't kidding. That is eccentric and and Broadman's just kind of like, but what does it have to do with cutting hair? She says, salon. A salon she said he put on a salon? The salon <laughs> is uh, an academic. No, it's not oh, it is a, a party for wealthy people. Oh, oh, I'm just never heard it used that way before. Bronwyn says, her face turning a little red. <laughs> Apparently, there were 47 flavors of salons. No, of models. <laughs> oh. 47 condiments. I can name like three. <laughs> they eat the models. No, did but they eat the models? No, they did not eat the models. They had fondue tables where people would take small pieces of bread and dip them on the models. So oh. they boil up the models. Arthur's just like, you know, that is probably the strangest thing I've ever heard about in my entire life. He says, lasted, and my daughter until... turned blue after being dipped into a fountain. So that tells you. <laughs> the salon lasted until all the condiments had been wiped off the models. Humans huh. are very strange. Huh. Yeah, he says. Arthur says, "I think I think it's just wealthy people. Wealthy people are just weird." My employer was a gnome. A gnome? Yeah, there you go. Were wait, so were the models gnomes or were they humans? Because I think it's different. They were an assortment of different races. Okay, so some of the condiments were. There's more of some condiments than others. Yes. I, th I think we should move on to the next question. <laughs> and that was Gwen in character. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that is certainly, that is certainly an eccentric, uh, eccentric, wealthy Periclesian gnome that you've described there, 88. So what happened to him? I... He was killed in an inflatable watercraft accident. Yes. Oh, no, oh, that's, that's, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, he says, uh, and so after that, you made your way to New Haven? No, after that, uh, I was contracted as a uh, security escort for a textile uh, trading company. Hmm. What was it called? <laughs> I wasn't going to ask because I'd gotten scolded before. <laughs> Delto Darbin's Exotic Textile Imports. Okay, I thought you were going to pull out a pun for us. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, he says, uh, he says, um, Arthur says, I think I've heard of them before. He says, uh, he says, uh, what a, he says, um, and so how long, so. I was what, employed by them for two years. And then did they also die in a watercraft accident or? No, they were slaughtered by a troll. Ah. 
He says, uh, yeah, that happens, especially in these parts. He says, and then you went to New Haven? No, after that, I made my way to the city of Vatka. He uh, frowns for a sec. His eyes kind of squint up. He says, is that a dwarven city south of here? Yes, in the Iron Hills. Ah, yes. Did, did someone come to an unfortunate end there as well? No. Ah, good. However, it was there that I became a uh, devotee of Inca. I kind of just assume that you always are for some reason. No. Hmm. And he says, and, and then you went to New Haven, yes? After spending a few years in Vatka, yes, I made my way to New Haven, ah. seeking adventure. He says, and there you go, there's the store. He says, <laughs> he says, well, uh, he says, and I mean this, of course, in the, you know, in the, the most positive manner possible, but I hope that your party uh, avoids the fate of your first two. <laughs> well, we'll well. avoid inflatable water vessels. He says, yes, Bradley, my dear, stay away from them. They are, they are floating death traps. Didn't we already <laughs> have a floating day? Oh, nope. Not in this That's campaign. Wrong campaign. You've been swimming a few times, but not on anything that floats. <laughs> Oh, Nothing inflatable. Swimming, swimming. Oh, Bronwyn says, "Well, that's quite the journey you've been on, eighty-eight. Um, uh, well, we're we're glad though that uh, we're glad though that you've that you're with friends now and not with people that are paying you." Is that an improvement? It as because says, of course it is friends look out for each other for free there's no money to be made she says what loyalty does somebody have to somebody that they're paying to work for them well good people i did have others who were with me previously other warforged like myself oh you had a party before us Yes, we were trained together and hired together. We're the younger, hotter party. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they now? The fresh new party. Three of them have been destroyed. The other survivor is currently remain uh, currently remains in Vatka. Hmm. Uh, Bronwyn uh, reaches out and puts a hand on your shoulder. Eighty inches. I'm so sorry to hear that. So much death for someone so. So young. Uh, Arthur says, "Ah, uh, well, wow, we have really managed to uh, demolish that pie." <laughs> uh, he says, uh, "Why don't we move into the sitting room?" Uh, he says, "And uh, I'll put these dishes over here for the maid to take care of later." And he winks. <laughs> Um, can we have some after dinner and after dessert drinks? He says, he says, yeah, he says, I, I think it's, it's a a cup of wine or perhaps some cider would do good. Yes, that'd be awesome. My dad makes this cider with our summer apples and he ferments it and it's delicious and it makes me nail drunk. And it's what? And, uh, Mythos, it's good also if you put some whiskey in it. 
That's how dad likes it. Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. What'd you say? Oh, dad makes the cider and it's delicious and it's fermented, so it's alcoholic. And if you put a little whiskey in it, uh, it's great. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I can, I can, I can, uh, make some, let me just warm it up real quick. Yes. Uh, he says, and you like a little nip of whiskey in yours too, Nithis? Yes, please. All right. So, uh, uh, Bronwyn says, well, while he's doing that, why don't we, why don't we head to the sitting room? Okay. I pick up waffles because he's full of pie. <laughs> All right. Um, so you make your way to the sitting room. Uh, oh, Broadway sits down. She says, uh, "She says uh, it is nice having a full house again." Uh, yeah, we haven't had visitors here in a while. She nods. I mean, it's usually it's, it's, it's yeah. We haven't had visitors in a while. It's been like six weeks. <laughs> I mean, before that. Three weeks. <laughs> that was a Sean count, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, um. She uh, she says, but you know your. Uh, you know your father's been keeping busy with his gardening. Uh, you know, and I, I've been helping out with that. And she says, and uh, I've actually been uh, knitting. I've been learning how to knit. What do you mean? Uh, she she holds up um, kind of a irregularly shaped uh, rectangle of fabric. She says, I tried making a scarf. Oh, but you're looking pretty close. Maybe it's a little little longer. Uh, she says, this is my my third attempt at it. She says, but you know, practice makes perfect. Yes. Well. Yes. Okay, I'll take on it. <laughs> um, uh, door swings open, and Arthur comes in with, uh, uh, like, uh, holding like uh, uh, five different mugs. And uh, he. Dad, uh, you could have asked for us to come and get it. You didn't. Oh no, no! You, you, you don't get up on my account. You sit down, and he hands one to each of you, uh, and uh, one to you as well. Uh, uh, Eighty-eight. Uh, just so you don't feel left out. <laughs> uh, uh, it is it is warmed. It is uh, warmed uh, apple cider, uh, hard apple cider, uh, and uh, true to his word, Nithis yours does have a dollop of whiskey in there, but not what you like. Maybe like a half a shot. <laughs> <laughs> what I expected. <clears throat> uh, he says uh, he he winks and says I poured a little extra in there for you. <laughs> Uh, he says, "No worry, we are all getting to know. We are getting to know Brindley's new friends here." Uh, he says, "So Gwen and eighty-eight, I heard all about where you came from." Nithis, he says, uh, "What about you? Where are you from?" And the three of us trying to lean forward. Gwen <laughs> <laughs> goes very still. <laughs> uh, I'm from east of Nishima. Across the, oh. the sound. Oh, really? he says uh, another another um, Westerner. He says uh, he says um, he says. Did you grow up there? Yeah. 
He says, well, your, um, your Eastern Aristocan accent is flawless. He says, you must have gone to a good school. I spent a while with um, some people here too, a little further west in Crailson. Oh, Crailson. He says, uh, lovely town, lovely town, Crailson. He says, uh, Bradley, do you remember when you, were, when you were about 10 years old and we took that boat trip to Crailson? Yes, I remember everything. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, he says, oh, that was a lot of fun. He says, that was our, he says, that was the only time we ever really went on a vacation away from East Hill. <clears throat> we should do that more often. I guess I'm just doing vacations nonstop right now, though. Yeah. He says, well, you know, when you were younger, we were, we were real worried about your health. So we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do much in the way of that. Of that, he says. Um, and, and you know, your mom and I talked about it, but you know, with with the war coming, we just think it's best to stay at home. And and Brahman nods. Be dangerous out there. Yeah, probably. Brahman says. Besides, can you imagine your father walking around with a sword on? No, not even. <laughs> I can't either. To be honest, I think, I think he'd be laughing. Well, actually, no. It would probably be really good because he could just give all the band its heart attacks from laughing so hard. <laughs> Still rude. Oh, ouch, ouch. I surrender. I surrender. Oh, oh. <laughs> rough. No, uh. oh, he knows the vision. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine him coming at you with a sword? Brahman actually laughs and says no. <laughs> Mom looks at somebody's ass far before dad does. She nods. She says, well, there's that one time that somebody tried to mug your father and me and she says, and I whipped their ass with that stick. <laughs> stick. That's fantastic. She says, you know, she says, it's pretty hilly here, so, you know, we have walking sticks are a must in this part of the country. She says, do no harm, but take no shit. That's always been my motto. <laughs> Good motto. Yeah, she says, it's, 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 my sec it's my favorite one. My second favorite is live, laugh, love. She says, I got that over, <laughs> over in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, you fucking monster. This is where I love what we're putting together here. <laughs> she says... Uh, he says, uh, he says, so, uh, Arthur says, so anyway, Nithis, you, what made you come over to the eastern side of the continent? He says, uh, I joined this, he says, quite, that's quite the journey, he says, and it doesn't sound like you're, uh, you know, chalky and chalky and making a pilgrimage or anything like that. I didn't have anything holding me there, so I just joined a caravan and just kept joining caravans as they came, uh, East. Mm, he says, so you're sort of a, a nomad. Yeah, my goal is to get to the whatever the other ocean is. I don't remember. Uh, the other side of the continent. He says, uh, well, he says, you're pretty close. He says, you're near the finish line. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, um, <sighs> he says, uh, I mean, he says, Altaria, he says, What happened? Uh, ocean. My, there you go. Yeah, he says uh, he says Altaria is right on the Mittersea. 
He says, do you think you'll just keep on going? He says, across the Mittersee and over to the uh, Eastern continents? I don't know. He says, because if you do that, he says, you're just going to wind up right back where you came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, he says, I hope you don't mind. Uh, earlier, I, I over, um, uh, heard your conversation um, with, uh, with my wife. Uh, he says about you not being human, and I know you don't want to talk about that. Uh, he says, um, he says uh, are there a lot of people like you in, in the Western continent? No. No, as in like just you or no as in my you and some extended family or no as in my not many not many he says would I, uh would i have bumped into any in my pilgrimage definitely wherever you live? Hmm. <laughs> he says I, I can only imagine that that just must be a, a lonely life not really he says he says not having any people of your own I mean, she has us now. He says there is that. He says, he says, he says, the most important family is the one you is the one you make. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we pass all humans, so there's no need for us to worry. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, he says. So, what brought you to New Haven? Then he says. Uh, he says, it's kind of out of the way from Krellson if you're just heading east. I didn't want to go through the Lauren Wood by myself. Well, yeah, he says, but you know, there's boats that go up the river. Well, I didn't want to take a boat. I wanted to walk. He says, that makes sense. He says, it's good for your cardio. He says, I, my, well, you know, Broadman keeps telling me I need to walk more, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Broadman shakes her head. <laughs> I mean, you get a lot of exercise out in the garden. It's heavy work. He says it's true. He says, and when it snows, you know, he says the shoveling the snow, he says, he's giving me these dad arms. <laughs> Just delighted. I don't know why that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, uh, he says, "Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you decided to walk." He says, uh, "It's it's good having somebody." Uh, he says, "As clearly as, as strong as you are with uh, looking after my daughter." Okay. Better for the environment too. <laughs> What's better for the environment? Walking. Yeah. He says, "It's true." He says, uh, "You know, cows. They they fart." They fart gases that. Yeah, do you know how much methane and oxygen pair getting a cart gives off? It's like a whole lot. I I didn't I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> he says, "Well, uh, he says, now that I'm done prying into your personal lives, <laughs> he says, he says." Which was which is within my dadly rights. 
You got further than this than any of us ever have so far. Bronwyn says, Bronwyn just says, you don't have any dadly rights. <laughs> just so much stuff for me. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, uh, I hear some of you play instruments. He says, uh, yeah, uh, of course, Glenn. Shall we, shall we, shall we jam out? <laughs> sure, that's a good jam session. <laughs> I don't think anything could make me happier. <laughs> or if it's more uncomfortable. Do you play anything? What's that? Do you play anything? No. Mm-mm. We can give you a couple of spoons. You could be, you could be a uh, rhythm. Nope. I have a triangle upstairs. Ooh, I have a tambourine too. I'm going to get it. Go upstairs and get the triangle on the tambourine. I'm not gonna use a tambourine. <laughs> Clap on the offbeat. Nope. <laughs> Sit appreciatively. Come down and I hand the tambourine to 88 and the triangle the notes. <laughs> 88, you go like this and you shake it. And then you can occasionally you occasionally go bang and you smack it against your palm. Gently. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, he says, "All right." So we got. So we got. We got the symbol or the the tambourine. We got a triangle. Got a lute, a violin. He says, "Well, we really need some percussion." He says, uh, "Let me go get my spring leaf drum. I'll be right back." <laughs> and uh, he goes out. Uh, goes outside to the stables. Comes back in a few minutes later with with a. They drum. I, I, I can I can also um, if you'd like um, uh, tie a weight to Winchester's uh, tail and he could keep time. <laughs> he says, "No, no, I got this." He says, uh, "He says I, I do love I do love beating on the drum." Um. So is this room connected to the kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> like with a doorway. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm there's gonna... no doorway, but there's like an archway. It's like an open. Yeah. I'm gonna put the triangle down and, and just say I, I can't stay in this small room with the music that you guys are about to make. I, I can't tolerate that much noise, so I'm just gonna be in here. Just <laughs> all right. Um, can you get me more excited while you're up? Sure. All right. So uh, there's a deliberate <laughs> a, a pot of warm cider on the uh, on this on the stovetop. You ladle some into the cup. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, as the, I want everybody to roll me a performance check that has an instrument. Okay, okay. And I will stay inside and I will pay yeah. attention, but I just want to be away from the... I'm really excited about Arthur's uh, performance roll. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I rolled a 14 minus two, so 12. Yeah. <laughs> I got 17. Uh, I I rolled a seven plus six is what Arthur rolled a three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so you all start playing uh, a cacophonous sort of. Uh, uh, I mean, it's not terrible. It's, but it's also not good. <laughs> it, it, does, it doesn't sound like people that have ever played together before. Yeah. Uh, and while that's going on, um, Bronwyn slips into the kitchen and, and sits down next to you at the table. Oh, uh, she, <laughs> oh you're getting a mom talk. 
Uh, and she just she just looks at you and conspiratorially is just like, once they start, she says, "There's no talking to Matt of this." Once they start this, uh-huh. <laughs> got that impression. She says, um, "Arthur is Arthur really does love uh, does love encouraging her talent. So, and and she is very good at what she does. He's preternaturally talented, I would say." <laughs> She says, yes, she's quite the savant. She says, uh, she's good at anything she picks up, she says. Um, between between us, between just us women. Uh, how's she doing out there on the road? She's painfully innocent and you're not going to get back the same daughter that you've sent out. There's no, it's not malicious. They're just the world is not going to leave her unmarked. I, I hope you understand that. Well, of course not. I mean, that's <clears throat> part of the reason we agreed to let her go out is is because she needs to discover what she wants to do herself. I think she can handle herself. If I didn't think that, we would have never consented <laughs> to her going on this crazy adventuring lifestyle. She says. I mean, we were really hoping that, you know, with her with her talents, that maybe she'd be a teacher or a professor or, you know, be in a conservatory playing music. I can't imagine that someone so good at so many things would settle for one of them. She nods. Yeah, you're just killing me. What's that? Oh, with, this, with the symbol, yeah. <laughs> Everything <laughs> ring. Um, she says uh, well and she says and it's her path and we realize that and you know as parents we can just you know guide her as far along in the path as we can and then let her make her own way but she she really is doing well out there well enough I I don't know her before I have now I, I find her Mildly irritating because of how invasive she likes to be, but that's just who she is. So. Oh, she says that's just her being nice. That's just. I know. <laughs> she says. Uh, she says she really didn't mention anything about the fights in her letters. She says she's acquitting herself. I mean, I mean, obviously our big worry is. I mean, ninety percent, ninety-five percent of adventurers die early, young. She says very few make it to the wealthy retirement that the adventuring life promises. She says, but she seems to be handling herself well in those life or death situations. Uh, It's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. (laughs) I, I can't give you the assurances that you're looking for because the world is a very harsh and cruel place. She said she kind of she kind of glazed past it. She says, "What's the scariest thing you guys have fought?" <laughs> fought or invited into our minds. <laughs> <laughs> invited in. Yeah, there was a a doll. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew you were going there. I thought you'd go with the hill giant, but the doll <laughs> The doll was way creepier because of the anticipation and the anger. <laughs> um, unfortunately, 
there were some poor choices made and there was a possessed demon doll that turned into a real demon and we handled it pretty quickly and and successfully but um it was quite unsettling especially once we figured out it had been with us for a while didn't like do not recommend <clears throat> i think i've raised brindley well enough that she wouldn't fall for the you know, demon haunted doll trap. Did she? Did she defend? No. Okay. Okay. No, we were all quite put out with um, Gwen. She says, um, "Well, he he is young." She says, uh, "And though kobolds do mature, you know, there's still a lot of world left to see." Yeah, six is <laughs> six is six. No matter how physically mature. <laughs> <clears throat> she says, but uh, it seems like you've seen a lot of it, she says, and I'm not going to press into it, she says, that's more Arthur's thing, but uh, she says, uh, obviously I can't ask you to keep Brindley safe, but just be a good advisor, help her stay out of haunted doll traps and whatever <laughs> comes your way. No more haunted dolls. <laughs> Oh, there have already been some poor decisions. But... Never say never. <laughs> I certainly won't abandon anyone to be killed, so that's that's the best I can do for you. So that's the more the more that I could ask for. From the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, they're really not a great band together. <laughs> they're not gelling. All right. All right. Well, I better go put a stop to this. Uh, thank you. Uh, Bronwyn comes back into the room. She says, uh, all right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. It, she says the neighbors will be going to bed soon. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, she says, speaking of which, it sounds like we've all had a long day and maybe we should all retire for the evening. Yeah. It's, by the way, like 830. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys tired? I mean, I wouldn't say no to seeing what the, the famous green, was it green flagon? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we're going to go to the green flag and we'll be back in like later. Maybe we have to try this eternal ale. Mm -hmm. Yes, the job of the ale. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Which is uh, weird. It's ale. I don't typically like ale. Arthur comes over and gives you a, a hug and a kiss in the cheek, and your mom gives you a hug and a kiss in the cheek, and uh, she says, all right, well, um, uh, we'll keep the back door unlocked for you. Sounds good. Uh, can we take waffles? Of course. Waffles would love to go out. Awesome. Waffles. Come here. I got to take off your booties. And I take off his booties and I hold him before we go outside to the back. Uh, I'll knock on your door when we get home. Just hmm? let you know we're back. Oh, she says, uh, 
Just as I'm sure we'll hear you come in. Okay. I don't know that you could miss. That's true. I will telepathically message Winchester and tell him to keep an eye on the back door. Come get me if anything happens. <laughs> That's right. The DM strikes. <laughs> just, when, just when we're happy and full of pie. Yeah, the best time to pull the rug out. <laughs> Come home, the back door is ajar. Oh no! It was so homey and delightful. I need to murder her parents. Remember when you decided to make something different by having parents who are alive? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no one's parents get out alive. <laughs> to be fair, I, both of Nithis's parents are alive too. So, <laughs> also, I think all of Wynn's parents are alive. Yeah. None of y'all are orphans in this campaign. Huh? We all went, we all overcorrected in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did notice that you guys gave me fewer daggers to use hockey. Except for one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like Amanda's got some interesting stuff in this backstory. <laughs> and I'm seven. You haven't had time to have anything. <laughs> Plenty of time for you to take advantage of dumb. <laughs> Your lifelong nemesis, a seven-year-old child. <laughs> Kobold with very, very little knowledge of the world. Last year he graduated from uh, Velcro to tie shoes, so who knows what he can cook up next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you um. You all head up the hill to the top of the hill uh, to the Green Flagon Inn. Um, as we're walking up the top of the hill, I'm going to do my best to maneuver 88 so that we're just a little bit back from the two of them. Uh, 88, I had a favor to ask. Yes? Uh, you know what happened in Carthal with the lightning? Yes. I was hoping that you could do your power down or whatnot in the same room as me. Okay. And if I have a nightmare, wake me up with prejudice. <laughs> I will do this. I don't know. I don't know why that had that created a cavalcade of images in my head. <laughs> wake me up with prejudice. You're smelly. <laughs> <laughs> Nithis, the demon in your head's here to see you. <laughs> knock, knock! <laughs> You're a terrible sorcerer. Are you awake yet? <laughs> Thank right. you, 88. I appreciate it. Your hair looks better the other way. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So you all make it to the top of the hill. Uh <laughs> And uh, you hear uh, the sounds of kind of chatter and laughter coming from inside this this tavern, uh, which has uh, a, a a green painted um, uh, flagon <laughs> uh, on on its sign, uh, and then uh, it says uh, in big letters above the door, "Home of the God Ale." Home of the what? God Ale. God Ale. <clears throat> Cool. Let's join. I open the door. Uh, you open the door. The familiar, well-worn wooden handle, a uh, comfort in your hand as you walk inside, and 
see a bunch of people that you know, uh, <laughs> and perhaps <laughs> wish you didn't. Does everyone turn and go, Brindley? Uh, <laughs> yeah, as you open the door and come in, uh, the conversation ebbs, or, or yeah, yes, ebbs, yeah. Ebbs, yeah. ebbs, and people, everyone just kind of turns to look to see who came in. Uh, and you know, strangers, but then uh, somebody says, Hey, it's Brindley Carther. Hey, somebody nice. says, Hey, Brindley. How are you doing? We came for some god ale. Ah, this is kind of what you get back in. Her yeah, uh, and the conversations really pick back up. And uh, uh, and despite the fact that you know people, they just leave you alone because no one. Everyone's got their own shit they're dealing with. <laughs> I go up and I order three god ales. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, you head up. Uh, and uh, the the barkeep uh, is a woman that you've known your whole life, pretty much. Uh, and uh, she uh, she just smiles at you and says, "Oh, hey, Brindley." Uh, she's Hi. an uh, an older woman, weathered, uh, getting up there in years, uh, but she's tended the bar almost every night that you've been here. How are you doing? Uh, oh, and her name is Rose. Uh, she says, "Oh, good, good." Uh, she says. Uh, she says, uh, you've brought friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're visiting my mom and dad. Oh, mom says yes. hi. Well, t- t- tell, uh, tell Brahmana says hello, hello back. Um, cool. And she says, uh, and Arthur as well. Mm-hmm. They wanted to try the holy ale, so we came out. So. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, new, to, new to Green Hill, are you? Or East Hill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Green Hill is where uh, Rangram Stateline is from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, first new to, new to East Hill, huh? Yeah. Yep. First time. Read the stories, but first time being here. Ah, well, uh, first one's on the house. Uh, she says, not like it's costing us anything anyway. <laughs> she, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she pours uh, three ales from this. For you. What's that? That's actually an excellent business for you, huh? <laughs> she says, well, it's not my business, but yes, it is, it is for the owners. Uh, and she uh, she pours three tankards of ale uh, and slides them to the lot of you. They like the richest family in town by now. They are they are not poor. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> not only not only do they have this free unlimited source of ale, but people come here just to pay money for that ale. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so what do you guys think? Take a sip of it. It is a uh, it is a delightfully good complex ale. Uh, probably some of the finest you've ever had. It's, it's probably the finest I've ever had. That's what everyone says. <laughs> so, Brindley, you drink this? Yeah, it's decent for ale. It goes down smooth. It does. It's always, you know, it's like the perfect temperature. You should no leave what. it there for like two and a half hours and it's still cool. Hmm. Would about holy ale um none of you would know this or have any way really of figuring it out but it tastes different to each of you and is the most pleasant ale to each of you that's interesting it's the perfect temperature for everyone no matter what temperature they like yeah (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) so uh 
And also, uh, you can drink as much as you want of it. It will get you very drunk, but you will never be hungover from this ale. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. That's very nice. That's, that would be lovely. East Hill is a blessed town, and they don't even know it. No one here ever really gets a hangover, but no one knows why. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, interesting, you do notice there are kegs of other ales here, and people do occasionally come up and order one of them, but... Mm. And there's wines and you know hard hard alcohols and stuff, but I mean I have been told that people like to take a break every once in a while from perfection. <laughs> <laughs> I bruise my brain, rolling my eyes, man. Yes. Oh, <laughs> nope. I delight myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brandon, you get your usual table, uh, kind of off on the side. Uh, uh, so, do you guys like it? Have you enjoyed yourselves? Aren't my mom and dad the coolest? They are delightful. They're quaint. Very wholesome. Yep. It's a small town, but I like it. It's pretty nice. Mm. Um, cards? Sure. Sure. Is there any, any music playing or anyone performing? No. Just, just, uh, just the uh, background noise of, of uh, locals who've known each other their whole lives, chattering with each other, saying the same stories they've been telling for the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of halfway play cards and half listen to surrounding conversations. You lose. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think that's. I don't think that was ever in question. Well, as as you said, you want to play cards and you deal out the cards. That's where we're gonna fade the black on this session. So, sure. Awesome. I think that that went better than I could possibly have expected. So, it was very cool. Yeah, it was very nice. Also, I'm now, I, I have now been, um, I did a, a, a pretty good search for D&D themed Live, Laugh, Love posters. Oh. And, um, <laughs> and, I, and I found some really good varieties. And so I'll, I'll uh, I might be doing some art soon and you guys might get things <laughs> in the mail. You had to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was delightful. Oh, that was very much. delightful. Uh, nice relaxing game. It was very relaxing. That's good. Not that I don't love a huge battle that makes me shit my pants, but this is nice. <laughs> I love what you do with it, Chris. You're me up. <laughs> good. But instead, it was a social 